Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks for keeping your dial tuned to Tech Vibe Radio. Thanks for tuning in tonight, this Friday night. We're bringing you Tech Vibe from Tretzi, the Three Rivers Educational Technology Conference at Montour School District. We do this every single year at the Tech Council. It is so important to see the intersection of technology and education. And we're here with Justin Driscoll, who you've become like a regular sidekick on Tech Vibe Radio, Justin. And I'm glad about that. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I used to be on the radio when I was in high school, Jonathan. So I didn't this know is that. like harkening back to my high school days. I love it, man. Yeah. Now, Justin, you are all things Tretzy. And, I mean, you've been doing this for decades. This is my 10th Tretzy. Wow, number 10. I missed one. In, in 11 years, I've missed one. So you this is my one. number 10. This is your number 10. 2006 was my first Tretzy. We'll excuse the one that you missed. I know. They call that the dark <laughs> the dark ages of Tretzy. Exactly. So tell us about Tretzy real quick. And we've got a great guest we're going to jump in. So Tretzy, uh, Tretzy has been around for almost 20 years now. 20 years. And it was started by the Allegheny Intermediate Unit. Okay. Uh, it's been hosted at the Carnegie Science Center. It's been hosted at uh, hotels and different uh, schools. Now, recently, we've been at schools. So we've been at Bethel Park, right. and now we're at Montour. And this is a beautiful school district. Like I, I'm wishing I could go back to elementary school. school. I know, right? I want to hang out here. There's Legos upstairs. Like I'm just saying. Montour School District, Justin Alia, who's going to be on our show, uh, he, they've done it right. They have really done a great job here. There's over 100 school districts from Western Pennsylvania yeah. here. Intermediate units, Allegheny Intermediate Unit, Intermediate Unit 1, Westmoreland, whole bunch of intermediate units and school districts from across Western Pennsylvania coming together today to talk about education in the classroom. Uh, teachers are here who are cutting-edge teachers. Right. Administrators are here, tech directors, superintendents. It's really a cross-section of ed tech leaders from Western PA. Really fast. What are some of the bigger trends that you're seeing right now when it comes to the intersection of technology and education? Uh, Project-based learning is yeah. really, really big. Um, the, the theme this year is digitizing personalized learning and it's really this this movement away from where the teachers are standing in front of the classroom as um, as lecturers or oh, that's you know, so much more fun that way isn't right it? oh yeah lectured at all day long it, that, what what there's uh, pictures on the internet you can see classrooms from the 17 1800s yeah. and then you can see classrooms today in many schools across the country that's they the look exactly the same Tretzy is all about are a little different that. though right the clothes are a little bit different well but you know what's old is new again so Howard wigs could be coming back <laughs> you never know with be. these kids these they days they might be but but chalkboards, <laughs> chalkboards, uh, whiteboards are the new chalkboards. There's really not much different in it. And just because you have a whiteboard in your classroom doesn't make you uh, having a project-based classroom or right. being a teacher that's leading with personalized learning. So Tretzi is all about changing the culture, changing education, and doing it to improve student achievement and student performance. Absolutely. So at the Tech Council, we're just happy to lead that conversation. Very much so. And I want to just remind our listeners that you are filling in for Audrey Russo tonight, which I appreciate you come in here. And yeah, you're we welcome. We thought it would be a perfect fit for you to come in here because you, you've run this thing, you've bolted it together and you know it's up and we have some great partners that make this happen one of this is invention land and we have uh, ken burke here ken thanks for hanging out with us yeah it's good to be here yeah so tell us about invention land real quick yeah invention land we started uh invention land about uh, 12 years ago and we're a product development company and really uh helping people and companies generate ideas and we started um, the education business uh, a couple of years ago, and that 
is what we believe is going to be our best innovation ever. So we're really excited about growing the business. And I, for one, I mean, I'm not a born educator. I've been through schools, and, and similar to you all, seen a lot of changes that are going on. And we're uh, very excited to be part of it. Very, very cool. So what was your interest in being part of Tretzi? Obviously, there's a great fit here for what you guys are doing. Tell us a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, we see Tretzi. I mean, Tretzi is, in our mind, probably one of the best conferences because of the, the technology movement. There's great, <clears throat> great participation uh, from the school districts, and we just see it as a great forum uh, to share ideas and, and to uh, collaborate. Without a doubt. And uh, Ken, you guys have done some great work in the opening session. Uh, the opening session today, you guys showed your video of what you did at Seneca Valley School District. Can you give us yeah, kind of us a background this. and why why you're doing the work you're doing and what you guys have done at Seneca Valley and what you're hoping to do at other schools? Yeah, that would be great. Uh, we, we actually... Uh, designed our own facility. So we feel like we're pretty knowledgeable about designing space. And what we uh, had happened was we had the superintendent, uh, Sean McCarty, uh, his daughter actually came through Invention Land on a tour. And she came back and Sean had, had never heard of Invention Land, even though it's, you know, Cranberry and Seneca Valley is not that far away. He um, decided to come and see it for himself, and that ended up opening up doors in uh, our design capability and helping them convert their library to a creative space. And we finished the project in about two months over the summer and commissioned it, and that's what we shared today here at the conference. And uh, we are very, very enthusiastic of, about really bringing design and build capability along with curriculum to really kind of complete the whole experience. So environment matters. Yeah, it really does. And I've been to your facility uh, out in Harmer, and it <clears throat> is a remarkable place where your people do work. And I love to see that you're bringing that type of thought process to schools because it, it's so needed. So if I'm a superintendent of a school and I'm listening to Tech Vibe Radio today or I, or I was at Tretzi and, and I see what you did at Seneca Valley, how long does it take to do something like that? How do I get involved? You know, how do I pay for things like that? Money's always an issue yeah. with schools. You know, t talk to us about that side of it. How does yeah. someone get started on this journey? Yeah, the, the process we usually encourage is one is come see our place. Yeah. And Take it's a an tour and check it place. out, right? It's remarkable. Yeah, so yeah. come check it out. We're in our IDC park, and we give, we probably have uh, close to a thousand students and teachers and educators come through a month. And we, we have tours going on all the time while we're working in the space, so it's a good interactive experience. So in terms of time, what we typically do is we work with these schools on a concept, and then we convert that concept into you know more of a specific custom design. And in the case of Seneca, uh, we put the whole package together, the design of the space, the curriculum, the resources, the whole thing. And it actually turned out to be really, really well orchestrated. It was great teamwork. And it, the whole process was about three months. And so it's not well, a long not process. Long. Uh, Seneca was able to, to secure some grant funding. Uh, that, of course, helps. And then we went through and supported them as best we could with giving them competitive you know, pricing and delivery options. So if, uh, we have about uh, time for one more question. And so if... Uh, if we were sitting here five years from now, 
and Invention Land was able to see your vision come to fruition, what would the what would the world of education look like in your mind? Well, I think the the world, uh, in my view, will would look like a very dynamic, interactive, integrated um, spaces. Um, we'll see a lot more freedom. I think that we'll see a situation where uh, students can interact um, more freely. Uh, we're our, we call it co-learning. Uh, the teachers in some cases are learning more than the students in terms of just how to interact. And we think that's a powerful model and we think that's going to continue. So if people want to learn more about Inventionland, where can they go and check you guys out? Well, they can go to our website, okay. um, inventionlandinstitute.com. And that's probably the easiest way to get to us. Um, and we'd be delighted to, to share perspectives and collaborate. And go for a tour. Go for go a tour. tour. It's go amazing. for a tour. Enjoy yourself. Be inspired. And uh, really just let your passion fuel, you know, the growth. Fantastic. I'll tell you what, we're taking a break. We're coming back with more action from Tretzi 2017 here at the Montour School District with Justin Driscoll helping us uh, co-anchor and co-host. And uh, also in today's show, we're going to have a little bit from, the, from our Buchanan Labs series. If you go to iTunes and search for Tech Vibe Radio, you'll see Buchanan Labs there. We're talking about foreign-born entrepreneurs and how they are able to build companies here in Pittsburgh. So keep your dial tuned right here to uh, Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. Learn more about us at pghtech.com. Welcome back. You are spending your Friday night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. And once again, we are on the scene, on location. You cannot keep me from taking the mobile field unit out and grabbing great interviews. And we're doing that today at Tretzi, the Three Rivers Educational Technology Conference. I have the one, the only, the distinguished, Justin Driscoll. Wow, that's quite the yeah. introduction. Uh, Justin, you need that, man. Man. You were part of the bedrock of the PTC. You lead up our people and culture yeah. services at the PTC. And you you are like the the you are like the guy behind this conference. That's right. I see you working on it all year long. The day comes and we're here. And this year you said, let's bring the radio show out here. I know. We we try to keep keep thinking, how can we make Trexy better? Exactly. And having Tech Vibe Radio here. We just got better. I want to get the word out. That's right. The, the intersection of technology and education, I mean, that's just where the magic really happens on so many different levels. And I'm like, we need our listeners to learn more about this stuff. We do. We have 50 sessions taking place today, wow. Jonathan. And some of, them, some of them will be, on, will be online at uh, pghtech.org or okay. tretzi.org. Okay. After the, after the uh, session, those presenters who give us permission. Right. Um, and uh, so you can check them out. If, if, if you couldn't make it today, obviously you're hearing this. Tretzi's over. Right. But you can go online and see some of the sessions. Check it out. And mark your calendar for next year because we do this every That's year. That's right. It's always it's around the 20th one, right? Well, it's, it's, one, it's around the 20th Tretzi. It's the, yeah. the Tech Council's 10th. Uh, but it's always the first week in November. Absolutely. Now, yeah. you brought a cool guest with you. Who I did. Have, who is hanging out so with us today? Another, we just heard from Invention Land, who's our title sponsor. Now right. we have California University of Pennsylvania is also a title sponsor here at Tretzi. Fantastic. And Dr. Stephen Whitehead. Stephen and I have known each other off and on for quite a long time. So, Stephen, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. It's always great to stop in and talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so you just, uh, we just finished the opening session here and you gave a great short um, talk about why Cal U is involved with Tretzi. Cal U is known for producing great teachers that have been employed across Southwest Pennsylvania for many, many years. And you guys are on the cutting edge uh, of ed tech. You're on the cutting edge of pre-service teachers. So give us an idea of why you guys are involved 
with Tretzi and what are some of the things going on at Cal U these days? Well, for Cal U, one of the main reasons we want to be a sponsor for this is, you know, we see the world's changing, we see students changing, but we don't see a lot of change going on in education. But one of the benefits is in southwestern Pennsylvania, we see this really cool synergy of what's going on with, with these schools in, in Allegheny County. So what we've seen is uh, there's a group called Digital Promise, and they go around the country and they, they recognize innovative schools. And in Pennsylvania, we have seven innovative schools that are that are have been, have have won this award from the, the the Digital Promise. Six of them are in southwestern Pennsylvania. Really? It's, it's, that yeah. is so interesting. Is right? Wow. I mean, we, it's, it's we, really got, we got some juice going about, on yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, if you think about all the all the energy and, and synergy that's happening in Pittsburgh, this is one more uh, one more piece of that. So there's there's Avonworth, there's Baldwin Whitehall, there's Elizabeth Ford, there's Fox yeah. Chapel, there's Montour, and there's South Bay. And they're all here today. Yeah. They're so all they're, here today. Those people are always in the room when these things are going on. Yes. So as an educator, one of the things I always push California to is we need to be in the room with it. So this is, it's, it sort of follows if you're a if you're a Hamilton fan, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be in the room where it happens. Exactly If you're right. not in the room where it happens, <laughs> then you wonder what happened. What happened? So or did it thing, actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one thing is for Cal U, we want to be at these events. We, we want to see what's going on because it's really important for us. These are our future customers. And what they're experiencing every day, yeah, if we don't sense. replicate that when they come to us or we don't expand upon it when they come to us, they're not yeah. coming to us. So Tretzi is all about uh, the intersection of education and technology. It's all about, uh, sometimes it's a little cutting edge. You know, many of the teachers who are here mm-hmm. um, are, are that. They're cutting edge teachers. And so if you think about the thousands and thousands of teachers that are in Western Pennsylvania, we only have about 500 of them here today. And so... Uh, just 500. J- just 500, yeah. but but not everyone thinks like the teachers who come to Tretzi. Right. Right. So how do we make that culture shift? How does how does education change? You said it yourself here in the beginning, and you said it at the opening session today. Well, I really think it's it not goes changing. back to um, Malcolm Gladwell's a tipping point. So yeah, the people here are the first waivers. We see these people at every conference. It doesn't matter if if it's Trexie or if it's another educational tank. If it's through a remake learning, like this is the same tribe. This tribe moves. So the way we get this, we get this. This, this tipping point to occur is we get the second waivers to come. So now we're seeing the rural schools looking at what Avonworth doing, looking at what Suffolk. And look, no one's going to replicate that exactly because every district has to serve it, its own community. Just get the seeds out there, right? That's right. Yeah, so we're yeah. seeing these parts pull out of it. So I was really excited. I'm from uh, a, a Periopolis and our, our school district's Fraser. Fraser is at this event. Their elementary principal's here. That's great. They, they built a simulator in their new school. So these other schools are starting to embrace that and I think that's where this starts to turn. Education can lead because in the Mon Valley California can assist IU1 in getting districts to see what's going on. So part of this is us bringing our faculty out to, to districts like South Fayette, Montour, Elizabeth Ford and just to have the, the educators see what's happening in the classroom yeah. and then go back and say alright if I'm preparing somebody for this career, if I'm prefer- how do I do that in a way where it's impactful and I'm not ho- like we're not teaching as teachers we always fall back we teach the way we taught so the teachers who 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 were passionate and empowered us that's who we follow that's who we who we teach like so this is getting these kids in front of people who are doing things different who are willing to take those risks and take those changes and then getting school districts getting the little school districts to see look these are things we have to give these kids we're building kids for careers that don't exist 
So yeah, what does that I, really mean? I think that's I think that is a, and we see it in the tech sector every day. As I talk with tech companies about people they need, the people that they need today, they didn't need them five years ago. They really didn't need them, and so all those skill sets. So it's not just about teaching them how to how to um, learn a skill, right? It's teaching them how to learn. Because in five years or in ten years, when they get out into the workforce, there's going to be jobs that we don't even know of today. And I guess with well, the pace of how things are changing, it comes down to you just need to be a lifelong learner at this point, right? It's like at some point, it's, it's just it's, it's blurring too quick for me and everybody yes. else. Yeah. Well, I really think that's the whole thing. So like, there's this whole STEM focus in science and tech, and I'm all for that. But if you think about about it, STEM, now there's art added to it, because creativity has to be there. That's right. The liberal arts play That's a the huge glue part. that puts it all so together, to me, as far as I'm concerned. Like, if we could move away from that from that acronym, because that acronym causes a lot of angst among people. The S should be bigger, the T should be bigger, the E right. should be bigger. Yeah. I want to get my, my uh, like, like you think things are going But I really think teaching kids to think creatively, teaching, you know, getting kids to look at problems differently, giving them the ability to expand it. And that's what I really like about these these school districts. Because of the different activities they're doing, the things they're throwing at the kids, it forces them, it gives them the opportunity to learn at their level, to learn where they're at. And that's one of the things, like the personalized learning. If we can get students to understand the values of why they want to be good learners, yep. then it pays everything forward. Then we, we have kids who, you know, they'll come to us and say, hey, I want to learn about this. Yep. We might have no beauty. One of the beauties of this conference, I really believe is the connections. Oh, absolutely. It allows I the see small it out there. Everybody the connections. I mean, just the sponsors yep. and everyone here. It gives you that opportunity to have those conversations and then go back and say, well, all right, well how did you do this? Or how did you do that? So we have time for one more question. And I asked Ken Burke this, this question before he left. This is like your question of the this day, is, This is my question. Um, We're doing, we've been doing Trexy for 20 years. You've been in higher education for a long time. If your vision of what education should look like comes to fruition over these next 5, 10, 15 years. What, what do schools look like? What does education look like? Well, all right, so I'll talk about it through the higher ed. In piece. one minute. So in the higher ed piece, I think higher ed changes from a school where you go and you spend four years or six years and you trot through a, a, a certain path and you end up with this degree. I think it becomes more a la carte. When you come in and you say, I want to study theater and computer science. And we're like, go Do for it. it. Because yep. higher education isn't about me guaranteeing you employment and better. And higher education is about me making you a better thinker. Exactly. So I really Very think cool. it changes to this transitional where we get away from these. These. This is the degree you get for taking these right. 120 right. credits. There and might we, be a job yes, for you afterwards. Maybe. And we say, <laughs> you know, you come in and you open it up and you learn what, what you want to learn. We're going to help you be a better learner. And when you leave, you'll be ready for whatever comes in, in the future. That is fantastic. Yeah. If people want to learn more about CalU, where can they go and check you out? Uh, I go to calu.edu. Simple as that. Yep. Stephen, thanks for hanging out with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Total Thank pleasure. Justin, thanks for uh, asking the tough questions. You're welcome, The good Jonathan. questions, the fun questions, <laughs> and your question of the day. Question I of think the day. it's fantastic. Right. We're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more from Tretzi 2017 here at the Montour School District. This is Jonathan Kirsting. Learn more about the Tech Council at pghtech.org. Welcome back. Thanks for spending your Friday night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. And as you know, we are coming from the Three Rivers Educational Technology Conference at Montour School District, hanging out with Justin Driscoll, who's filling in for Audrey Russo. Justin, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Good to see you again. I tell you what, I love the fact that we do this event. We've been doing this for 10 years. I get really pumped when I see the intersection of technology and education, and then we're hanging out in great facilities like at Montour here at their elementary school. I was just saying before we came on air, 
I want to go back to school. I want to be nine for a couple of weeks just so I can hang out here. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, what a difference. It's just, it's, it's amazing stuff. And I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about the intersection of technology and education and just the, the trends that are going on within education and learning. And so, yeah, Justin. Excellent. Well, we it. have uh, Dr. Chris Stone, superintendent of Montour School District. And Chris, uh, when I came here for the first time, maybe six months ago, I'm, I had to wear a hard hat when I walked around this building. Just six months ago. Uh, uh, less than that. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize it was that I've been here multiple times, but yeah. the first time All right. uh, I had to wear a hard hat. And the last time really was in the summertime. Yeah. You, know, you guys okay. were on an express course. And for those of you who are listening... <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. <laughs> for those of you who are listening and you don't know what we're talking about, Montour School District opened up and consolidated your elementary schools. That's correct. And brought all of your elementary students under one roof. And now your elementary school and your high school is on the same campus. And, right. Chris, we are in probably the nicest elementary school that I've ever been in. So tell us, yeah, you're, you're hosting trustee today, but we want to hear about the school. We want to hear about why you're hosting trustee. So give the listeners a background about yeah, the school yeah, and definitely. where you guys have come from. Well, definitely. First of all, thanks for the, the kind words. We really appreciate it. Tons of hard work and dedication and time, effort, energy went into you know, creating this learning space for kiddos. You know, uh, this started probably about three years ago, you know, in the infancy planning phases for this new elementary building, you know, and, you know, at that time I was K-12 curriculum director mm-hmm. and one of my responsibilities Responsibilities was, you know, to collaborate with teachers, uh, community members, PTA members, and really try to, you know, create a space that's very, very inviting uh, to kids, uh, academically sound for teachers, and also, obviously, we want it to be uh, high energy, high, uh, high uh, technology. Uh, we want to make sure that there's an opportunity for innovation, uh, design, collaboration. So you put all those things into the bag and mix it up. Mix it up. You know, and it's our job to figure <laughs> out how to create an environment that really, you know, embraces all those, you know, key elements. So we probably went through about 18 months of planning with respect to bringing all the stakeholders together. Right. Uh, we had department meetings, committee meetings, uh, meetings for meetings yeah. to ensure that <laughs> all, you know, vital stakeholders had a voice in the process. Um, you know, and it really, really worked out well. We did a, a really intentional job of documenting, you know, all the meetings to ensure that, you know, folks' ideas were, you know, you know, uh, integrated into this building. Um, you know, in it, it was as Justin shared, it was right up to the last minute. It really was. <laughs> you know, we, we we I was still wearing hard hats, believe like, it or not. Don't touch in that August. Wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was here in August yeah. and I had a hard yeah. hat. That's on soon. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. So we were still wearing hard hats into August. Okay. Uh, so you know, we we didn't open this building until after the Labor Day, and that obviously that was intentional to give our construction folks, you know, a little more time right. to, to to you know put the window dressing on, for, for lack of better terms, um, but ultimately, you know, the planning paid off. I have two phenomenal, phenomenal uh, building principals. I have a director of education, Justin Alio, uh, who did a phenomenal job, you know, with the coordinating and planning of this okay. building, because obviously there's a lot of variables and unknowns when you uh, open I can only imagine. a building yeah. this size to 1,128 imagine. students, grades kindergarten through fourth grade. Um, yeah. But the, the, planning, the planning paid off. You know, we opened this building on time, under budget. Um, and, you know, the first week was way smoother. I hate to say this, way smoother than I actually anticipated. That so is you great. must have other school districts knocking on your door saying, how did you do this? Uh, yeah, well, there's not a lot of folks building buildings right now. Okay. Um, but, you know, we, we've, I, I actually just got back from San Francisco at the 
at uh, we were at the Ed Surge conference, and I probably made three or four connections of fo folks nationally uh, who want to come out and visit because they're in the infancy stages of building a new building, you know, and they want to you know brainstorm of how what we did, uh, some of the opportunities that we afford kiddos, you know, in, in this building. Um, so you know, it, it's nice not only to be recognized from a local perspective, but also a national perspective. Absolutely. But when our doors are always open, you know, yeah. we're we're one team, you know, we're all here in the same business of educating kids and and, and being a, you know a community stakeholder for the public. So you know, our doors are always open. I, I equate it to you know, Jonathan and I spend a lot of time seeing really cool companies as yeah. well, and companies can have ping pong tables and they can have beer at five o'clock on Fridays and I'm they can have a beer at five. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and they can have an open office environment and new cubes from IKEA and everything yeah. looks like it's from Silicon Valley. But at the end of the day, the people who are leading that company make a difference, and other, everything else is window dressing. Yeah. So you've got a beautiful building. You've got a Lego room, a Minecraft room. Um, a I'm room. going there afterwards. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm diving in head yeah. first. We can build, go back to our childhood days, yes. Jonathan. But all of that is great, but how's it changing learning? How's it going to change the, what's going on here? Yeah, so the, the Deputy Secretary of Ed and I just had the same conversation. You know, and unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of empirical research out there that, uh, that suggests if you have a Minecraft room or if you have one-to-one -one technology, it's going to enhance or increase student achievement. But, you know, what there is, there's a lot of research out there on students' intrinsic motivation. Definitely. You know, kids come here excited every I was single say, day. Exactly. Like, as a, yeah. as a student, you want to stay here. I remember when I was a kid going to elementary school in the 70s, you wanted out of school as fast as you could. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I were going to school as a kid, I'd be like, no, I'm going to hang out here and do some stuff after school. Yeah. And learn more, not yeah. even know that I'm learning. You know it, what I'm saying? It's the creative blending yeah. of learning and fun. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, a, comment, a couple comments that I received from parents said, boy, this looks like the children's museum. Or, boy, this looks like right. Legoland. You know, people will pay to go to these places, right? Exactly. You know? Like, hey, you're uh, an yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that was very intentionally done. You know, and, you know, right now we're in the process of actually looking at some of our learning corridors, the, the main corridors out in the, in the, the large hallways, and Creating most museum type spaces huh. out in those large uh, areas to create a true, you know, learning gallery. Absolutely, so that's something you know we're. We, we're continuing to, to, you know, rifle through ideas in terms of, you know, creating new spaces for kids. Yeah. So we're in the elementary building. Last year for Tretzi, we were at the high school. Yeah. How does Montour take what you've done here? Obviously, you don't have the money. No one has the money yeah. and limited funds to do what you've done here at the middle school or the high school. But how do you, can you take little pieces of this and move it to other buildings? Yeah. So, you know, we renovated. We had a, about an $85 million renovation at our high school about six years ago. Um, you know, and, and we've been trying to, you know, reestablish and recreate pieces of the high school that really embraces some of the mindset that we've created at the elementary. And the, the same thing at the at the, at the, at the uh, middle school level. Even though it's not a newer building, you know, a lot of the philosophies that we employ down here, you know, we, we attempt to resonate there as well. You know, with the collaborative seating, making sure that, you know, students have the opportunity to use student voice and student advocacy and agency. You know, the integration of technology. Our middle school teachers are probably, well, them and the high school teachers are, are phenomenal integrating technology into the scope and sequence of our curriculum. They've been one-to-one -one now, our high school, for six years, the middle school now for three years. Uh, so they're masterful in making sure they're integrating technology and being very purposeful with it, not simply replacing, you know, uh, uh, a not, skill yeah, set. Not tech-sake, right tech but yeah, the exactly. fact that this is going to go and really It's not a replacement achieve. of paper and pencil, but, you know, really trying to augment the learning experience using technology. And that's that's the ultimate goal. You know? Absolutely. This is why it's so exciting for us to have Tretzi here to, as a to showcase 
you know, how this stuff works in action. Right. To see it going on, I think right. it's just fascinating. Right. My, like I said, I appreciate the, the kind words. You know, yeah. Without a doubt. So what kind of trends are you paying attention to? Now you got to this point. Yeah. It, it never stops, right? Yeah, so right. You, you're still looking ahead. What, 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 what are you thinking about as far as the next couple of years? Well, virtual reality, augmented reality, mm. you know, those are yeah. two things that, you know, are definitely, you know, on our radar. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the, the technology still isn't there to make a, a, a real robust learning tool in education. Okay. But as I shared, you know, we just give, spent several give days. It a couple of years. Yeah, we just spent yeah. several days out in Silicon Valley, and you know, they're 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 rapidly you know charging towards making sure that that becomes a a, a reality. No pun intended. Exactly. You know, in public education. You know, so I've um, done some training things with uh, through through uh, a company. Uh, uh, OpenArc. They have some mm-hmm. virtual reality that they're working on with MSA. I did a demo of it. It was teaching you how to like climb up some steam pipes and turn valves off. Yeah. It was you literally thought you were in the environment, but you could still see where it needs another year for things to really kind of blend. Yeah, I think another, another example is the cool. Google Expeditions. Okay. You know, and that's something that they're continually to refine out and out of Google. You know, but what a what an you know unbelievable learning experience for kids to go and visit virtually anywhere in the world and have nearly a 360 degree you know view of that yep. particular space. You know, I think that's something that, you know, I'm excited to it's for our stuff, teachers man. to integrate into, you know, our curriculum. Well, Chris, we have time for one more question. And just to be consistent, John. Yes, this is his question of the day. I've yeah. asked this more or less the same question to all of our guests today. So in one minute or less, if we were sitting here five years from now, ten years from now, maybe we're doing stretchy here still, maybe we're not. What? Uh, we're coming back, man. Yeah, we're coming yeah. back. What does the world of education look like? You know, what what does the classroom look like? You know, what 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 does the future look like for education? And we're going to hold you to it. We're coming back. That's yeah. right. Well, I think, you know, in, 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 coincidentally, you know, uh, at the EdSearch conference, the the, the the theme was personalized learning. For this, you know, conference is digitized personalized learning. You know, so I think the future of education is really finding a way. And again, this is like the silver bullet. Finding a way to customize educational experience for all students based on their need, you know, um, and it takes good sound teaching and learning, takes relationships with kids, uh, but, you know, obviously we want to find a way to, to, to use technology to leverage to make that a reality. Oh, without good. a doubt. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, yeah so thanks. Exciting, yeah, thanks, guys. If people want to learn more about the Montour School District and all the great work that you guys are doing, where can they go and check you guys out? Uh, they can go to our website. There's a host information on our website, contact information. Feel free to check us out on Twitter. All the good stuff. Yeah. Simple as that. Thank you so much for yeah. being part of this. We're pumped to be here. Justin, we are. Thank you for co-hosting with me today. Jonathan, I, I can't fill Audrey's shoes, but I hope I did a little oh, did a you good did job. a great job, Justin. Good. You're allowed back anytime you want. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Thanks, guys. And then for our next segment, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're actually working with Buchanan Ingersoll and Reed from Buchanan Labs talking about the challenges that foreign-born entrepreneurs have when starting companies here in the Pittsburgh region. It's some really fun stuff. I cannot wait to get to it. So keep your dial tuned right here to Tech 5 Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. After that, moves you on over to Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Tech Vibe Radio here on KDKA, and we are hanging out with the Buchanan Labs, part of an ongoing series we have, really examining some of the tech trends happening in the Pittsburgh region. And to remind everybody that this is not just a radio segment, it also has additional content, bonus content, that you can get if you go over to iTunes, go to the podcast section, just search Tech Vibe, and you're going to see some really great conversations around robotics, artificial intelligence, and what we're talking about today, which is issues faced by foreign national 
professional entrepreneurs. One thing that Audrey and I, our usual co-host of the show, we always talk about is we need people from around the world to be here in Pittsburgh. The more people, the more minds, the better. We want big open arms welcoming them here and helping them grow companies and just innovate and just be the great people that they are. And so I'm so excited today to kind of talk about this and to have Buchanan Labs make this happen, which is part of Buchanan Ingersoll and Rooney, and we're actually here at Ascender in the East End recording this segment. I like being out of the studio sometimes, bringing the studio to where the action's happening, so I've got to thank Ascender for letting us kind of hang out here. And so we're going to start off with John Previs from Buchanan Ingersoll and Rooney. John, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Jonathan. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm John Previs, um, but here's a representative of Buchanan Ingersoll and Rooney. I've been with the firm since 1981, but despite all those years, uh, we like to work with startup and development stage companies. It's energizing. Uh, we feel really a part of the team, and that's why we support the entrepreneurial community in Pittsburgh. And you've really seen the changes. I mean, since 1981, Pittsburgh's a way different place. Even over, over the past five years, Pittsburgh is a much better place, much different place. And so what are your thoughts on having people from around the world come to Pittsburgh and start companies? I certainly think we need more of it. Um, our history has been with immigrants from other countries coming here exactly. to build the industries Good that point. now have passed by, and now it would be the second or third wave of people from outside the U.S. coming and making meaningful contributions that have benefit all of us. And the impact of that, I think, is just amazing. I mean, if you look at Silicon Valley, there's some crazy numbers out there. The number of companies and the employment created by people that came from other countries to come to our country to start a company. I think it's pretty amazing, and we, like I said, we want more of that here in Pittsburgh. And just real fast, I mean, Buchanan and Ingersoll, you guys are around to help these companies. I think it's really important to know that you're not just a law firm, you're like a connector as well, too. Well, we like, like to think of ourselves as business coaches. We've been down the road, we've had the experience, and if we can help the entrepreneurs avoid a lot of the pitfalls that they'd otherwise encounter by helping steer them around them or plan for them in advance, that just makes the path to success that much faster. Absolutely. So let's, let's change gears a a little bit. I have some great guests here, very excited because these are the folks that are kind of making Pittsburgh happen, and they happen to be from another country. And I just have so many questions. I mean, you probably have some questions too, Johnson. Please, you can you can you can chime in at any point in time. But let's make, make some quick introductions. Let's start with you, Nesra. Who is Nesra? Tell us about your company, Norilla. What's going on? Hi, I'm Nesra Anya, and I'm founder and CEO of Norilla. So um, we're um, we're a company, a spin-off from Carnegie Mellon University. And it's based on my PhD research with my advisors, Ken Kadinger and Scott Hudson. So we're developing a new mixed reality learning system to improve children's inquiry-based STEAM learning to make it more enjoyable and collaborative. And where are you from originally? I'm from Turkey. Originally. From Turkey? Yeah. Excellent. And what brought you to Pittsburgh? Um, so I came to Pittsburgh now six years ago to start my PhD program at, at Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon, Mellon University. Yeah. That's why I like Carnegie Mellon so much. That's why it's great having Pitt here because they're these magnets for bringing super smart people from around the world right here to Pittsburgh. Yeah, we need to help them stick around longer though, <laughs> like, like, like what you're doing. So, so Matina, tell us about yes. yourself. What are you up to these days? Hi, yeah. I'm Matina Epush. Uh, I am co-founder and CTO of WhatLearn. Uh, what at WhatLearn we are offering a software platform for a smart operation of grid-connected batteries. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we add artificial intelligence to batteries so that they can operate based on optimal strategies to uh, generate more value uh, and while degrading slower. Absolutely. And where are you from originally? I'm from Iran. Iran. Okay. Yeah. And what brought you to Pittsburgh? 
I came to Pittsburgh in 2011 uh, to Carnegie Mellon University. Oh, I did my master's and PhD there. I'm sensing a trend here, John. I'm <laughs> sensing a trend. This is why I think Pittsburgh is positioned so well sometimes because of things like Carnegie Mellon, those types of resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go to any place in the world you want to to study and to do what you want to do, but you chose Pittsburgh because of Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. And so what has kept you here then? You could go anywhere you want. Latina, what do you think? So Pittsburgh has a special place in my heart. I uh, it's the first place that I entered when I came to US. Okay. It's a very nice place to live in. It's a small city, but it has the good aspects of big, large, uh, larger city. Carnegie Mellon, of course, has uh, given me a lot, and um, it's just it is easy to live here. There's a lot of potential, a lot of uh, a meetup place for very talented and uh, from across the world, talented and good people. So I just I just love it. It's like a home for me. I like I like hearing that. So what's yeah. your what's your favorite thing about Pittsburgh? Um, it's very similar for me. I think yeah. it's a very convenient place to live. I used to be in California before I came here, so right. I thought like Pittsburgh had a lot of has a great community. They're very supportive of each other. Everybody's trying to help um, the other person, especially in entrepreneurship, robotics. There's a lot of d- different resources, technology, and it's much easier to c- connect with people and turn your ideas into reality. I got you. So why start a company here then? I mean, you like it. It seems, it seems like a good place then to be uh, like, well, I got this, I, yeah. this research I've been doing and it can make a pretty cool company. And uh, so tell yeah. me about that. So I graduated um, my PhD. Um, I finished my PhD last summer. So at that point I was thinking about should I stay here? Or I also got got an offer from New York City. So I was trying to decide. Um, Take that, New York. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> we have Nessa, yeah, you do. I made the, uh, up, the ups and downs a lot. And then there were a lot of things that attracted me to Pittsburgh and um, yeah we um, I got a fellowship from Carnegie Mellon to continue my PhD research and take it into a company and also we got an NSF grant here uh, with my advisors at Carnegie Mellon so and also the edtech community I thought in educational technologies there's a lot of great resources so I had already started working with a lot of like school districts museums here and I thought they're really innovative and open to new ideas so I thought it would be a great place to start Something. Interesting. So, so Matina, on, on your your angle here for, for staying mm-hmm. in the good old the good old burg, yeah. so glad that you're here doing what you're doing. <laughs> Why Pittsburgh for you? So, of course, I started my PhD here, and uh, I was always battling between the ideas of working in the industry or staying in academia. Okay. Uh, especially since I started my PhD. Right. I had some familiarity with academic work, but I didn't know much about like industry and entrepreneurship world, in, especially in U.S., until I started um, uh, working in a, a tech company here in Pittsburgh while I was finishing up my Ph.D. That was around that I love that. that. So you're working at a tech company yeah. while finishing up your Ph.D. That's <laughs> exactly. awesome. Very that awesome. Was, that was around the time that I realized, wow, that is what I want to do. I want to be an entrepreneur, and I want to basically change the world. So, and... Um, Based on my uh, experience in that company and my uh, PhD education, that's how I decided that it's better to do this. Very cool. I think you made a wise decision. Thank you. Very much so. So as you've been in the, in the ecosystem here building the companies, what, what, what could we do more of here in Pittsburgh to make it, to make it more amenable, to make it easier, to, to make it more friendly as far as it is? Because, I mean, you have a whole other set of challenges. I mean, there's, a, there's cultural stuff, language stuff. I, can't, I cannot imagine going to another country and starting a company. I'm too much yeah. of a wuss for that. You guys are strong. 
Well, uh, there are things that Pittsburgh can do, and there are things that generally, like in U.S., we can do all together as a community. In Pittsburgh, I think um, bigger companies, for example, can start investing more in Pittsburgh. Uh, we have seen like uh, large companies like Google have already started this trend, uh, but we need more of those. More of it, right. The more those kind of te uh, technologies and companies are in Pittsburgh, the more students are, it, the more it's going to be attractive for talent coming out of these good co universities, Carnegie Mellon, University of Pittsburgh, to stay in Pittsburgh and um, giving back to the Pittsburgh community. And also in terms of investments, I think investors here in Pittsburgh need to be a little bit more risk takers uh, with companies that are great companies that are coming out of the, these universities. I hear that a lot. Yeah, people, can, they kind of, they're a little risk averse. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, they're more like, so we need a little bit more like um, Silicon Valley kind of attitude yeah. uh, with our investors here. I like it. Very good insight. So, so Nesra, if you went back to your, if you went back to Turkey to do this, mm -hmm. what would it be like? Would it be possible to do what you're doing in Turkey? Um, cool. Yeah, so I mean, it is possible. I, I actually went back. I did my master's here um, at Stanford, and then I went to Turkey for to work for a startup. So I know a little bit of the startup oh, community. Oh, interesting. There. Yeah, what's it like there? I'm curious. Um, yeah, so I think it is uh, starting. There's a they're starting to have a community, and it. Um, but I think there are a lot more resources and opportunities here in the U.S. And okay. also, I feel it's harder to find people with your mindset to, and that people are uh, more risk averse. They instead of starting something new usually they tend to find something that already works in the U.S. and try to bring that to Turkey and it's much harder to start something new and creative and um, it's not impossible but as right. I said there's um, yeah there are more obstacles so I thought it um, here with the, yeah with Carnegie Mellon and with all the opportunities the funding sources here and the support it I thought it would be much um, easier here but I think there's always the opportunity to um, take things to Turkey later on. Like, um, so, yeah, I feel I worked uh, with some underserved kids in Turkey, and I think there's a big gap there as well. So if we do have something that works here, it would be great to also Very cool. um, get into yeah, it. I love thing. it. So we've got about a minute left. So, John, what are your thoughts on the? I mean, we're hearing some really cool stuff here. How, how, how does Buchanan now interact with, with firms like this so when they're in need of services, they're able to interact and, and, and be plugged into the right now? Well, when an entrepreneur engages a law firm, engages more than just lawyers. Exactly. Lawyers have been in deals, they've been in transactions. They know a lot of people, not only in Pittsburgh, but outside of Pittsburgh, to whom they can refer where there might be more risk tolerance and uh, angel networks and all those kinds of groups that are out there that a foreign national wouldn't be aware of. Again, we can be like their Sacagawea to Lewis and Clark. Exactly. Guy, you know, Northwest that's, that's awesome, man. It's a very good analogy all the way around. So glad you could spend time with us. And remind everyone, we're going to actually do a lot. We have a lot more content you can learn about these companies and this issue. If you just go to iTunes, go into the podcast tab, and just search for Tech Vibe, you'll see the Buchanan Lab series that we're doing here. So great to have Buchanan as a partner making this show happen. You know, Buchanan's been hanging out with the Tech Council for 35 years now. That's all I can say. There's a lot of good history going on there. And just remind everybody, you are listening to Tech Vibe Radio. So glad you could tune in for this for this uh, show tonight, and I hope you have an, an awesome weekend. Learn more about the PTC by going to pghtech.org, and I go be, if you go to Buchanan, Ersan Rooney, bipc.com, you can learn all about their services there as well too. And I uh, hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.